Hello and welcome to the Our Dad Stamps podcast. My name is Pete West and I've spent half a lifetime collecting stamps and more than 10 years buying and selling them. In these podcasts I want to share some personal stories, tips and tricks that I've learned along the way and maybe encourage a few non-philatelists to take up this fascinating and absorbing hobby. I hope you enjoy the podcast. So hello and welcome once again to Our Dad Stamps podcast. And once again, I'm joined by my wife, Sheila. So hello, Sheila. Hi, Pete. And what are we talking about today? So today, we're going to try and answer the question, what can I do with granddad stamps or grandma stamps? Almost everybody I speak to when I tell them that I collect stamps has a relative, an aunt, an uncle, a dad, mum, somebody who collected stamps. And inevitably, those stamps are sitting in the loft, in a box somewhere, collecting dust. Today, I want to answer the question, what to do with them, what you need to look for, and once you've discovered what type of collection it is, exactly what to do with that collection. So today, we're covering what we need to know and what we need to do with Grandad's stamps. Exactly, yes. And the first, the first task is to identify what type of collection you've actually got. Basically, these fall into three categories. Possibly four, but we'll talk about that one in a minute. At its basic level, it's it's what's known as a schoolboy collection. A schoolboy collection is generally in a, a soft-backed album, which is often illustrated and will have a title on each page for each country of the world and probably a picture of one of the stamps from that country and often a little description of the country and, and some facts about the country. And if it's that type of collection, it's likely that on each page there will be a selection of stamps from that country randomly positioned with no no specific method of, of sticking them in. This type of collection is probably not going to be worth anything. However, don't discount it. There are cases when in the middle of this collection there are valuable things. So, as I said, don't, don't throw it away, but don't expect it to be worth a fortune either. On that subject, as an example, a friend of mine gave me a collection quite recently to, to have a look at and said, I know nothing about stamps. Pete, can you have a look at this and, and tell me what you think? He said to me, there's possibly one that's okay, but, but other than that, nothing. So so I had a look through his stamps and it, it was indeed a, a schoolboy collection. It was dotted around all over the place. There really wasn't much of any interest. And added to it, there was a box of loose stamps again, which contained nothing of any real value. However, in the middle of all this, not even under Great Britain, was a penny black. Now, I'm sure most people know that a penny black is, is the first stamp that was ever produced. And by that very fact is, is a reasonably valued uh, stamp. The guy who gave me the collection thought it was a fake, uh, but it was actually a real one. How it got into this collection, I've no idea, because it was far and above the value of anything else in that collection. And I bought the collection off him solely based on that one stamp. It, it was from a, a plate that I particularly wanted, so uh, it was worth it for me. But there's a further story to this collection, in that when, when I got to look through it properly, there was a few covers, a few envelopes within the collection. And, and one of them on the back 
had had a, a sticker that said M. Dietrich. And I thought, I recognise that name and, and had a closer look. And it was indeed from Marlena Dietrich. The label coincided with the address she had at the time the stamps were posted. And to add even more to it, there were two or three of these envelopes and they were addressed to a, a Misha Spoliansky. And it turns out Misha Spoliansky was the Russian uh, composer who discovered Marlena Dietrich. So, so I said to my friend Craig, these look really interesting. I have absolutely no idea what the worth of these stamps are, are the worth of, of these envelopes are. What would you like me to do with them? To which he replied, whatever you think is best. I contacted a few auction houses and they said it would only be worth something if it had her signature on it, which, which it didn't, even though the letter was, a, the envelope was addressed in her handwriting. So I put them up on, on one of the internet auction sites and they sold for just short of £100. So it shows that in any collection, there could be some oddities that are, that are worth money and it pays to look closely. The problem you will find as a, as a, as a non-collector is that most dealerships really haven't the time to look closely at a collection of this sort because 99 times out of 100, it will indeed be worth nothing and it's just a waste of their time. So it, it does pay to look a bit closely at what you've got. Maybe help the dealerships out by describing something that you think might be unusual. Okay, the second sort of collection that you might come across is one that's a little bit more organised. It's been sorted into some sort of order with whole sets or part sets and, and generally posted by country or even by topic. It could be that all the stamps are, are stamps about birds or stamps about cars or stamps about railway engines, for example. These sort of things are becoming increasingly popular. And if you have that sort of collection, then it's probably going to be a little bit more interesting to, to a dealership. You're probably going to get a little bit more money for from it. And it's certainly worth taking it around and letting people have a look. Again, don't expect it to be worth a fortune, but also it, it should be worth something. So that's something to bear in mind. So going back to the schoolboy collection... That was a story of finding a diamond in the rough with the Marlena Dietrich and the Penny Black. Absolutely, yeah. And then the second collection is if you have a collection about a particular theme and maybe you've got the full set, that obviously can give you a higher value. Yeah, if you've got full sets of stamps, inevitably they're going to be worth more money. And it just shows that the person who was collecting the stamps took some time over them and took more care over what he had or she had. And so that in itself signifies that it's probably going to be of worth. As I said, the worth may only be 50 quid. Then again, it could be hundreds or even thousands. So that is of more interest to the dealership. The third type of collection, if you're lucky enough to find one like this, is is one where you have a specialist album. It could be a whole album of just one country's stamps. And on each page, there is notes written neatly about each particular stamp and a bit more detail about where the stamp came from or a particular aspect about the stamps. And once again, that just shows that the person who collected those stamps took a lot of care and a lot of pride in them. And again, it's likely that that's going to be worth more. It may not be, but it's it's certainly something that a dealership is going to be interested in in looking and giving you a, 
a quote for. So that's probably the best option if you come across one like that. And I would certainly encourage you to get it looked at. At the beginning, I mentioned that there's possibly a fourth category. And it is one that I've come across a few times. And it's basically just a box of stamps, loose stamps in a big box. That is totally random. It could be a box of penny blacks, which has been known, unfortunately not by me, but it has happened. Or it could be a box of Great Britain commemoratives, which are almost impossible to give away, let alone sell. So if you've got a big box of loose stamps, it's a whole new ball game and, and very, very difficult to value. So going back to the, the middle sort of collection, one that's been sorted slightly and is, is in a, an album. I have another story of another friend of mine who had such a collection. And he contacted a couple of dealerships by, by phone, and none of them were particularly interested in looking at what he had. But he didn't really know what he had either. He hadn't looked at it at all, just said he's got a load of stamps. Once again, he gave them to me to look at, and it was it was interesting. From the beginning, I could tell it was interesting, but not a hugely valuable book. It didn't initially appear to be a hugely valuable collection. However, in the middle of this collection was an envelope with a load of stamps in, and those stamps from, were from a country called Schleswig. Now, probably most of you have never heard of Schleswig. Certainly, it's not a very well-known country, and it actually only existed for a few years in, in the 1920s, after, not long after the First World War. And it was a country between Denmark and Germany that existed for a short space of time. The citizens of, of this country were, were allowed to vote on what they wanted to do and how they wanted to be considered after, after the vote. Because it was such a such an unusual place, it, as I said, it only existed for a couple of years, there was only one set of stamps issued. In this envelope were the complete set of those stamps. But not only that, there was also the same stamps which had been overprinted CIS, which were for use for the government, which were only for official use. This particular set of stamps was worth a considerable amount of money. And not only that, they were in blocks of four. So you, so you had a block with four stamps of each of the set. Once I discovered this, I talked to my friend and decided that the best option really was to go to an auction house and see what we could get. And I contacted one that I had come across from Germany because this country was attached to, to Germany. To cut a long story short, these stamps were auctioned by that auction house and made my friend a considerable amount of money. So from a collection that he thought really wasn't going to be worth much and for which dealerships didn't even look at, he made himself quite a packet. So my answer again is don't ever dismiss anything, even if the first place you go to isn't interested. Please don't throw them away. I can't bear the thought that stamps get thrown away. Okay, so once you've worked out what sort of collection you have, there are some sort of general rules of thumb when you're looking in more detail. Generally, older stamps are more valuable than new stamps. You know, if you've got stamps of Queen Victoria's era or whatever the, the monarch was in that particular country, chances are they're worth more than stamps that were produced a couple of years ago. That's not always true. There are some Queen Victoria stamps that are almost worthless. But in general, the older stamps tend to be worth more than the new stamps. The second thing to look for is mint stamps are usually more valuable than new stamps. But again, not always. Bear in mind that some stamps that are used can be more valuable than mint ones. So can we just explain what mint stamps are? 
Yeah, a mint stamp is is a stamp that's never been posted, never been used in the post. So it's as it would have been when you bought it from the post office. And obviously, if you combine the two factors, a mint Victorian stamp is going to be a lot more valuable than a used Elizabethan stamp. But there are exceptions to these rules. So once again, there is nothing guaranteed in the world of stamps, which is what makes it so interesting, really. On the subject of mint and used stamps, I say that mint stamps are generally worth more than new stamps, but there are special postmarks if it's been posted in a special place or to commemorate a special event, then these can be worth more than the mint ones. And going back to Victorian stamps, when the postal system first came about, in actual fact, British stamps were used throughout the Commonwealth so you can find British stamps that were used in Jamaica, that were used in Malta, that were used in Hong Kong. Anywhere throughout the Commonwealth, there were British stamps used. And even in places that are not the Commonwealth, there were British stamps. And you can tell this by the postmark. They used a series of codes. I cannot fathom out how the codes were worked out. It seems totally random to me. But things like A01 are stamps that were posted in Jamaica and A02 is Antigua, and then A25 is Malta, and, and so on. There, there, is, there is a whole list of these ready available on the internet. But not only Commonwealth countries, there was also a big presence of British presence in South America. And this was used in the, the embassies and government buildings in each of these countries. So you get things like C30 is Valparaiso in Chile, and... C58 is Havana in Cuba and so on. So if you see a postmark on a Victorian stamp that has a, a letter and a followed by a number, then that is worth further investigation. In addition to that, in some countries, before the postal system got into full swing, their stamps were used in, in nearby countries because not everybody had printing presses. So once again, you can get Hong Kong stamps that are posted in various Chinese cities you can get Indian stamps that are posted in many of the Middle Eastern countries and even Jamaican stamps that are posted in the Cayman Isles. Each of these is going to be worth a lot more than just a general postmark. So do have a look at those and or look out for those. And if you've got some, it's worth taking further. I say all this information, when you approach a dealership with your stamps, the more you can tell the dealer, the more interested they're going to be about what you've got. If you just go to him and say, I've got a bunch of stamps in a box, he'll probably say, I really haven't got time to look at them. But if you can say, I've got a box of stamps that look like they're Victorian Indian stamps or they're all a box of minced blocks from China, for example, at least he's then got something to go on and may, may be able to give you more help. And what do we mean by a mint block? A mint block is a group of stamps. It could be four stamps in a block. It could be eight, it could be ten. So it when could, you say a It could even a be block. a whole sheet. So in other words, it's four stamps that are still attached to each other. Right, that's what I was getting at. So a block is four stamps, six stamps, ten stamps, yeah. still secured that, to that, each other. That haven't been separated by the perforations. Or indeed, in, in Victorian times, haven't been cut separately. And if you've got a block of Victorian stamps, keep hold of them because they're worth a lot more. Um, so yeah, you know, the more you can tell the dealership, the better. Okay, so that's what to look for. Now, the question of what to do with them, as I've said, once you've identified what it is, unless it's a, a schoolboy collection that's probably not going to be worth a lot and you haven't been able to find any penny blacks lurking in the back or letters to Marlene Dietrich, then 
you need to get in touch with a dealer and the internet is full of full of adverts for for dealerships i would recommend you go to one in your area because if you've got several albums it's easier to take look for one that's a pts member pts stands for philatelic traders society and if they're a member of the philatelic traders society it means they meet certain standards they will give you an honest appraisal and will be the best bet you're not likely to get ripped off by these people look for someone from the philatelic traders society but also i would suggest you you, you contact two or three don't just take the first offer contact a few and see what they say if you've got a very good collection, then you've got a couple of options, a couple of extra options. You could sell them at auction and the reputable dealer will, will recommend an auction house if they are not an auction house to take them to. This has some advantages and some disadvantages. If you take them to an auction house, the auction house will charge you a fee for selling them, obviously. They would also more than likely charge the buyer a fee for buying them. You cannot guarantee what you're going to get for the stamps. And it could be that on that particular day, nobody is interested in what you're selling and, and you will get a lower value. But conversely, you could get lucky. And on the day your stamps go to auction, there are two or three people that desperately want what you're selling. And you get a highly inflated value for your stamps because people want them. It's a bit of a gamble with an auction and it's entirely up to you which one you go for. The other option is for the dealer to make you an offer there and then. The advantages of this is he will pay you there and then. You will get your money straight away. You will know exactly what you're getting. If you're happy with that amount, then the whole thing's over quickly and, it, and it's an easy transaction. So certainly have a look around, ask several people, think about taking it to auction if that's what you want. But bear in mind that it may take a few months for it to actually get to the auction and then uh, maybe a month after that before you receive any money. But certainly, certainly don't throw your stamps away. And I would say if, if you're really, after all this information, you're really still not sure, I will always happily have a look at what you've got. You can scan the stamps in for selection of the stamps if you think anything is worthwhile and send them to me. My email address is on the on the link with, with these podcasts. Please don't throw them away. So thank you very much for listening. I hope that has given you some information and, and helped you along the way. As I said, if you're in doubt, if you need any more information, get in touch with Our Dad Stamps. I am on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. As detailed, I also have shops in on eBay and Delcamp. So get in touch, but don't throw the stamps away. Go up into the attic, get that box out, get that suitcase under the bed where you know there's an old tin of biscuits that's got stamps in it instead. So yeah, dig out all those stamps and start looking through them. You never know, you might find that diamond in the rough. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and maybe you've learnt a little too. I would love to hear from you with your tips and stories. I can be found on Facebook and Instagram as Our Dad Stamps, as well as through my online shops at eBay and Delcamp. Listen again next week for another episode of the Our Dad Stamps podcast.